This is the Power Power Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. We are studying the life of Abraham. And we are going to continue here in chapter 13 of Genesis. Um, I will pray first and then we'll get started. Lord, I ask that you meet us here today. Um, Abraham today goes, as we're learning and reading, goes back to the place where he started. And this is a humbling time for some of us where... Um, we thought that you were doing something, we thought that you were moving, we thought that there was fruit, um, and all we faced was our failings and our rabbit trail and our dead end, um, just to have you place us back from where we started. And, um, I pray that we would work through this idea today, knowing that you are on our side and that you have good things planned for us. Even if we find ourselves in this humbling place um, at the beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're starting at verse 4, but for context um, from last week, Abraham built this altar at Negev. Um, for seemingly nothing. He called on the Lord and there was no answer. And he then was faced with this famine and took off to Egypt and all this stuff. And we know what happened there. Uh, hey, can you tell this guy you're my sister? Totally checking out this spider. I don't know if it's dead or alive. Anyways, spiders fly in here. Not fly. I would move out if they flew. But they come in here like seemingly within five minutes of getting vacuumed up. It's like they know the drill. They like go into their little hiding place. Sarah comes around with a vacuum and then they come out. And they're like, all right, it's clear, guys. And then they end up like right there, literally staring at me. Anyway, onward. Um, so that whole Sarah thing and, and she's almost... Well, she's, I mean, I wanted to talk, I was walking the other day and I was walking through the woods and this is, I'm trying to make it a, a habit. And I was thinking about Sarah's response. Like you hear nothing, nothing. Not, okay, I will, not anything. And I wanted to talk about, be a little triggering today about this concept of a wife and how silence is not I mean if you there is obviously there is this ilk of um, Christianity that believes wife should not say anything and just submit and that's what it is and Sarah did it I want to ask you given this circumstance from last week how helpful that was to Abraham. Just, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, 
how helpful that was that Sarah said nothing. At least if she had said this might not be a good idea, he would have made and he went ahead with it. He would have recalled, oh, she did try to warn me. Maybe next time I won't do this. Um, but there is nothing. Keep in mind, Abraham is going through a growing process. And I believe the same thing is happening for Sarah. And we can think subjugation and just do as you, just do as they say. This is, I have no opinions and I hide under the carpet until he says, come out. We can try, try to um, say that that's godly. But when was the last time we looked at scripture and said, and thought, oh, saying nothing is godly? No. When was the last time we looked at scripture and and said to ourselves, having no belief system is godly? No. How about this one? When was the last time we looked at scripture and said, um, having no, zero depth of faith is a wonderful idea? No. No. No, no. So why would we expect that from our wives? Why would we honor that? I mean, why would we want that from our wives? And I, as we go through, and we will see Sarah's, we will see Sarah changing too. It's not that she ever comes, she does go off the rails the other way. Remember that whole Hagar thing? Hey, you need to sleep with this girl because I, I don't have a baby yet and this might be the way. She does go off on the other end, right? But she goes in a process of growing. All of us do this, or right, left, right, left, until God centers us on himself. So I, I thought that was interesting. And I, I don't know why I started thinking about Sarah walking in the forest, but um, she says nothing. Nothing. Not, oh, Abe, um, this might not be good. Nothing. She was delivered. Absolutely. She was delivered. But wouldn't it have been helpful, at least for reference, to say something? Um, so we're going to start here at verse 4. Now, you may disagree with me over on the other side of this screen. Um... And I guess you could, I guess you could argue that he was, he would have just thought of this as insubordinate and he wouldn't have listened anyway. He was too consumed with fear, but I just don't think that's how a team plays. Um... Any time any leader doesn't have accountability, it should be a red flag. Any time any pastor doesn't have plurality of elders around him, is not listening to them, it should be a red flag. Any time we do anything, when a captain is in charge of the team and he's not listening to what the team is saying, it should be a red flag. There is no autonomy here in the body of Christ, least of all 
least of all in a marriage. Just food for thought. So, 13 verse 4. To the place of the altar which he had made there formerly. So he goes through all this Egypt thing. I'm scared. Run into Egypt. There's a famine. Really screws up. Has to go back to the same place he started. And there Abraham called. on This is the second time he's going to call on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who went with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents. And land could not sustain them while dwelling together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to remain together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Now the Canaanite and the Perizzite were dwelling in then in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If to the left, then I will go to the right. If to the right, then I will go to the left. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the valley of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden, like the garden, the Lord, like the garden of the Lord. Lord learn to read. I have markings on my Bible. Like the land of Egypt as you go to Zor. So Lot chose for himself all the valley of Jordan. And Lot journeyed eastward. Thus they separated from each other. Abraham settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled in the cities of the valley and moved his tents as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked exceedingly and sinners against the Lord. The Lord said to Abraham after Lot had separated from him. Now lift up, and this is what we're going to talk about today. Now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land which you see I will give to you and to your descendants forever. I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if anyone can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants can also be numbered. Arise, walk about the land through the, its length and breadth, for I will give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and came and dwelt by the oaks of Mamre, which are in Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. So this is the second time between this time he calls on the he returns to the same spot he had left and he calls on the name of the Lord again and there is no answer but there's this thing that happens right we just read it we got to go different directions there is strife there's competition that's what was going on Uh, we can speculate all day that there was a little bit of rivalry rising up between Abraham and Lot. There was um, a little bit of, we can, it's not in scripture. It could be something that Abram knew was just under the surface. There are a lot of things that we can hide 
just under the surface. But we know from scripture that God didn't respond to Abraham, Abram at the time until Lot left. There is a time, times a, you are going to face that where the Lord is working on you, where the Lord is specific about what he has for you to do, and there are people in your life that are not good for you. There are circumstances, there are relationships, there are rivalries, there are <clears throat> there's strife and there's dissension, maybe just under the surface. Maybe you have been able to avoid full-on confrontation. Maybe, and it looks like Abram did this a lot. We know that he did this a lot as we keep reading. Abram made excuses for Lot. Abram was looking for the good in the bad. Now, did God just totally annihilate Lot and and um, write him off and and burn him up with Sodom? And no, we know that he didn't. We know for the sake of Abram, God didn't. But we do. But we also know something was not right with that man. We do not know to what extent. We do not know if maybe Lot had, was conspiring against Abram. And Abram saw that coming. And he saw the dissension with the herdsmen. And he saw the dissension with the, the uh, what did he say, herdsmen? And yeah, just two sets of herdsmen. He saw that dissension and he thought, okay, we're too big. We're too big, meaning we've got too much to stay in the same. Why would that be? Unless there was a rift. Unless there was a rift in someone's purpose as compared to God's purpose for you. If their purpose is for you, do not line up with God's purposes for you. There's change going to happen. There is a process that will happen. There is a way that will be made. But God does not compete with other gods or other agendas. So don't be surprised. If that person you thought was on your side, if that person you thought was godly, if that person you thought was a-okay, I don't know how many times this has happened. But suddenly, the Lord's showing you, this isn't it. Do not go that way. And Abraham says it. He says, if you go that way, I will go this way. You take east, I take west. Take south, I'll take north. But we're 
going different ways. Because the accumulation of wealth could not have been the only issue. The dissemination against God's plan and those promises back in chapter 12. The agenda of a man who is not aimed at the Lord versus Abraham, who is, bless his heart, he is trying to keep his eyes on Jesus. He keeps going back, falling or not, he keeps going back. He keeps calling on the Lord. He keeps building those altars. He has got his eyes on God. This is the faith that God calls righteous. Trying to set up tent with a guy who's out for himself. He didn't care if this land was aimed at Sodom. No, he had some kind of excuse. Look, it's well watered. He didn't prefer Abraham over himself. He's like, I'm just going to take the good land over here. Didn't even think twice. I'm going that self-serving, self-consumed, not cautious about Sodom, not cautious about the people that were already dwelling in the land, not cautious at all. Eyes not on the Lord. So you shouldn't be surprised. Even though this person might be in our family, this person might be in our church. This person might be leading in some way or the other. It's distressing if we have trusted them, if we had leaned into their leaders, their leadership. It's painful, but it shouldn't surprise us that God can see hearts and not facades. That God knows exactly where he wants you and he won't compete with the little G's. So we take up our tent. We take up our resolve. We take up this faith. We set our eyes on Jesus Christ. Because we don't want the same lot as Lot. We want God's provision. And if Lot, the lots in our life are going to take the best, take the most, take the most adequate, take the easiest route, take the most money, take, 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 take. But we remain steadfast and we keep our hope in Christ, and we trust that he has provision for us, and we trust that he has a plan for us, and that he will fulfill all of his promises concerning us, we don't have to compete. That's how you remain at peace with God. 
when you are not anxious any longer about what the wicked of this world have accrued. When what the evil of this world has accomplished. You remain Hello? You remain close. It's wigging out to God. You can have the faith Abraham had just by keeping your eyes on Christ. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.